Good evening, welcome to NUFC Manners, it's Friday night, which means it's the Fab Four, and joined by Keith, Steve and Mitch as we look back on the last seven days at Newcastle United, uh, and probably on the last uh, 24 hours, and uh, what has what uh, developed, um, it's, it's never short of a, a, you know, a, a multitude of stories tend to break on either a Tuesday or a Friday, and once again, Steve Bruce's press conference alone will be talking about that. Uh, but the injuries, um, I think that's probably the, the a, a thing that people will want to talk about. And I'm sure the lads have got plenty of stuff to share. Only 90 minutes tonight uh, because I've got to get off to uh, Durham to go and do my uh, very last pro boxing show as a promoter. And uh, I've got to cram some tea in at some point as well. So I won't uh, eat live on air. I'll leave in the capable hands of the lads while I have five minutes off. Uh, but, lads, uh, where do we start? Well, I think we'll start... Uh, to be honest, with a question straight in from Craig. Um, was it Craig or... Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yes, it was. Craig, Keith, you're keep, you keep hinting about a new buyer emerging. How true is that? And is Ashley still wanting to sell? Uh, two questions there. Ashley definitely wants to sell. I've got no doubts at all he wants to sell. Um, and when I say I keep hinting about new buyer, I think people... I've been seeing all kinds on Twitter this week that, uh, that I've supposed to said and I've said... Let's be dead clear. Um, I think that PAF's still around. Um, we know they are. Um, and and you hear all kinds of rumours of who could be teamed up with them and who might not be teamed up with them. And at the end of the day, it's taken a real confidential turn where everybody now um, is, is being really, really cautious because I think it's dragged on that long. And the information I've had from several sources, which I think is reliable, is that the club will be sold in the near future. Um, I don't think, you know, Mike Ashley would own the club at Christmas um, if, if these people would be believed. And these are people with, with you know, highly connected. So that's that's my feeling. Um, I'm a fan like all you, Lord. I just want, I want to take over, but I want it to the right people. I think, And I think what I've been trying to say to you on Twitter is be careful what you wish for. Because if you get um, a, a buyer who remortgages in the, in the American model, like the Glazers have, and like, when I was talking to John Texter, the way he was talking about how he would have proposed to do Newcastle. And he was a cracking fella. I mean, I thought he was a lovely bloke, really got on with him. But he made no bones of the fact that, that he would raise the money on the New York Stock Exchange. And for me, that's the wrong model for Newcastle. You know, I've talked that through with people like Steve Hastie and, and Liam. And, and they said, they said, you know, that's not what we want to see for the club. There's some people just want him out, whoever buys it. But I don't want to see a takeover happen where... You know, we end up like Southampton or Burnley, and the, the messages I get is Southampton in a right old state, and and Burnley in ninety million worse off. So, having waited a couple of years and gone through the purgatory we have, I would like to think that we do get the buy we deserve. The dream for all of us has always been consortium takeover with PIF involvement. And um, the the rumours you hear at the moment, which you know, with grow every day, every week, is that. Piff might be involved with another partner now. Um, there's, there's Indian connections. You can see stuff that's circulated on Twitter at board level. Um, there's, those people are involved and they're around. And I think they'll be around Newcastle in the coming coming days and weeks. So it, it, it sounds from, from talking to people with connections that, that um, there's a bit of a race on. It's a case of who's going to get the club. And I think... Mike Ashley is definitely a willing seller, which is the last part of your question. But I think he's a more urgent seller than what he's been in the past. 
Um, we all know why you would like to do a PIF to get the Middle Eastern rights for his sports goods, but um, he might be at the point where he thinks that the, the Premier League won't entertain that. And so I'm like all of you. I want the takeover that's been worth waiting for. I don't want to. I don't want a remortgage. I don't want somebody coming into your castle that's got less money than Mike Ashley because he was honest enough to say that he hasn't got enough to compete. I want somebody that's big. So I haven't changed my tack on that. You know, I, I'm concerned that we get the wrong buyer, but the right buyers are still there and the right buyers are still around the club. If if there's a dream ticket, still still could happen. And um, it's still real and people are still saying that that's possible. But equally, other people that's trying to compete to buy the club are confident enough to say that if they don't get it, it will be sold soon. So that's that's the take and there's nothing else to it. Yeah, okay, Steve, what's your uh, you know, your views on all this latest stuff that seems to be circulating about the takeover? I'll give you my my viewpoint. I, I just think um I just think it's a lot of tittle tattle, you know, going backwards and forwards and I just think it's it's very unhelpful, especially, you know, when the football on the pitch is as bad as it's uh, you know, as bad as it, bad as it is. I think it's an unwelcome distraction. But what's your take? Certainly another distraction, Steve. If we're not full of distractions, where well, I've been for 14 years now with Mike Ashley. Um, for me, 29th of September, there's the key date. We, you know, we find out what's going on with the uh, with the cap case, where it stands with the Premier League, and where it stands with Mike Ashley, where it stands with the legal team. Once that's out of the way, I think then we'll probably see some movement one way or the other. I think that's, if, if anything, that's that's the point where. If things don't go right for Mike Ashley and for the football club um, in terms of who he wants to sell to, then I think that's when the alternatives start to arise. But until then, that's, that's for me, it's, it's, it's chaff, it's speculation, it's um, hype, it's people joining Liam's dots that aren't actually there at the moment because there's nothing else to talk about and we don't really want to talk about Ronaldo playing against us on Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, it just seems to be dragging on, Steve. You know this, um, and, and it's a distraction which is, is is just doing people's heads in. And I mean, Twitter is a poisonous place at the best of times. Um, and, and again, I just saw it kickstart again this week. I mean, you know, I get a lot of people notifying me of this person said that about you, this person said that. These people are blocked. I never see this. I, I do live in an echo chamber and I'm quite happy to live in there where, you know, people are just talking about positivity and that's the best way to be. Uh, but it, it's, you know, look, I think you're right. The, the 29th of September, that is the, the next benchmark for us. You know what I mean? And, and I think, you know, if that doesn't go according to, you know, the way that we all hoped it was going to go, i.e., you know, that the CAC case goes before arbitration, I think we'll probably hear from PIF, you know, via PCP, and I think it'll all be off. That's still my philosophy. Different to Keats, I know, but that's, you know, that's what I'm hearing anyway, you know. And despite... You know, murmurings of positivity from other other parts of the uh, the financial world or the football world. Yeah, and I thank God I'm in the same echo chamber as you at the moment, Steve. Uh, quite frankly, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, you, you, everything I'm seeing or everything I'm hearing and messages that I'm getting, I'm just taking purely as speculative rumor because I've not heard anything substantive. I've not seen anything substantive. I've not come across anything in a conversation. Um, I suppose the only conversation that I, that that I would consider worthy of, of of chatting about would be the conversation I had with Mitch, where somebody that we know very much, um, know, know very well, sorry, 
uh, is very much in the camp of there's something happening, but I don't know what it is, you know? Uh, so that's where I'm sitting. Yeah. Mitch, what about you? I mean, you you often get well, different gossip to us in your part of the world. What's your take on all of this? And the interesting thing is I'm, I'm, I'm getting so many mixed messages at the minute. It's ridiculous. My WhatsApp this week in particular has been... Um, it, it's it's gone from joining the dots to doing a two thousand piece jigsaw, you know, um, and trying to work out. The, the only thing that heartens us is that if things are progressing well on certain fronts, people have finally learned to shut their mouths and not let things come out. Um, I think this is very much the message we got from, as as Steve says, somebody we know very well who's exceptionally well connected in the world of football takeovers and the best he can come out with is the summer captain, but I really don't know what it is and I kind of get it out of anybody, um, which I find fascinating. I mean, I've, I've not vocalised these thoughts with you guys of late, um, but I'm, as each day passes, I'm increasingly of, of the opinion. As a club and as a fan base, we've got to a point where we just need change. Um, yes, a leveraged buyout is, is not what I would want. Um, yes, a mortgage buyout is not what I would want. Um, but we're at a point where there's so much um, inaction and we're so static. And this, and that, in turn, is driving so much of the angst that any change is necessary for me now and would deal with what we're dealing with after that. And if, and, and if it's a leveraged buyout, with a buyer who's prepared to interact and listen and do the right things, then maybe we can work with that. And 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 I'm personally would be prepared to square that circle if it just means we get the change that I feel everybody, everybody to a man and woman in the fan base needs. And that's my frustration at the moment. I would love it to be the right people. Love it. Absolutely love it to be to be, you know, the money's only going to come from three or four sources now. Um, you know, an oligarch, uh, a nation sovereign fund, um, a big petrochemical company owned by an oligarch, um, or the New York Stock Exchange. That's it for me. There's only four places that that kind of money can come from. Um, and it changes the aspect of the whole arbitration in cat cases if, if another buyer was to pop up or a different buyer was to come in. Um, but really, I'm, I'm genuinely of that opinion that any change in some respects is good change. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the best news I've seen in the chat so far is that Rachel is getting ready to get picked up from hospital, which has been a, uh, a source of concern, I think, for Fantastic. everybody. Uh, but Rachel, great news. Um, glad that you've uh, got off the oxygen and you're uh, on your way back. Hope that chest infection uh, clears up, but uh, that is good news. Steve Bruce uh, had his press conference today, Keith, and um, we were all waiting with bated breath. Um, I watched Lee Riders, and uh, he, he does a bit down camera um, on the Chronicle. Obviously, I don't tend to, to go to the Chronicle for me Newcastle stuff, but I was interested to hear what Lee had to say on it. And the uh, the message was quite loud and clear that uh, you know Bruce just wants to move on. Uh, he didn't really want to answer the question. Um, he did got a bit aerated with those who asked him the question um, with regards to you know um, the you know the, the the statement that was put out this time last week. But he was yeah, it was a, it was a strange it was a strange press conference, and 
I just want your take on what he said about that. You know, the, the, it's clear that he's been mugged off. He's been let down by Mike Ashley, which we all knew would happen because it doesn't matter whether you kiss Mike Ashley's backside or or you slate him like Rafa did. Um, you only ever get one thing, and that's what Mike Ashley wants. I think, I mean, Bruce's body language was of a man who was frustrated. Um, but I tend to, to look at the whole picture, and I, and I think... He's, he's got the same team as he finished with last year. He's got Willock, and and I agree with him that, that some loan signs would have made a lot of sense, which is what he said. And 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 he looked like a bloke that um, hadn't got what he wanted, or got or, you know, it, which it looked as though he was contradicting with the club statement that came out. Club statement said that everybody knew what the agreement was, um, and and as though everybody's in full agreement. Bruce's body language and, and it was. He wasn't agreeing with that because he said he was disappointed. And then he said, but it is what it is. But then he said to him, will you embellish on that? Will you, will you tell us what the agreement was? He said, well, you know what it was. And, and he wanted to just push it away. But what does he do? He's got to make a decision. Do I stay or do I walk? And if he decides to stay, then they might as well move on with it. Because you're not going to change it. I mean, the, the, the wind is shut. So talking about it isn't going to improve anything at all. But what's clear is, is he thought... He was getting Willock plus some others in his own mind. And the club seemed to say that, that they all agreed what they were doing. And then he changed his word to um, it wasn't possible, which 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 could be a posh way of saying um, they wouldn't let us have any more players. But but he was saying it wasn't possible, it didn't happen. So he's in a funny position, isn't he? Because then the day he's got a job, um, he doesn't want to walk, he's made that decision. So he's in a, he's in a funny position because it still works for them. And, and and he's got two choices. Just to come out and say what his side is and walk out the door and give away, you know, resign that contract or say it out, which is, you know, it's, it's got this season to run. So, um, and if results keep going the way they're going and we pick up the few points that I feel we might pick up against Man United, pick like Spurs, you know, like, it's not going to be good. You know what I mean? I, I can see it's rooted down there in that bottom two or three, adrift from the others and needing snookers like before Christmas. So, so you might not get the choice. You know what I mean? It might, it's clear. One, what's going over clear to fans is they're not getting on. You know, he's, he's not Ashley's favourite boy at the minute. So it might be the results push him out the door, but it sounds like he's made his decision to stay. He doesn't want to talk about it. But the press were always going to want to talk about it. So the fans. Yeah, and I mean, they should talk about it as well. Uh, yeah, Steve, of course. They should. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there, there shouldn't be any reason you can't answer that question. Why did you think you could sign more than one player when it was quite clear you'd agreed you were only, you know, you were only going to sign one? And that was always the arrangement. Exactly. The penny's dropped, hasn't it? It's taken them two years and a bit, but the penny's finally dropped. What sort of situation that he's in? In terms of what's going, what goes on behind the scenes, everything that's happened, every manager in the past for the last fourteen years, he's suddenly landed in it. He's suddenly the the reality has suddenly hit home. You know, all of these managers right across history, all of the on every club, they all think that they can persuade a board to spend money. They all think that they can they can take this. They they can show the right way. They're the football man. They know how to run the football club. They know what needs what's needed on the football pitch. Their persuasion will get them what they want. You know, their their cajoling, their 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 managerial ability, their football knowledge, their brain, everything about them tells them that yes, we'll be able to convince them in the boardroom. You know what? 
he's just hit that wall, hasn't he? He's just hit it head on. And he's just been put right in his box. We saw it last week with that. And then we can hear it this week with what he said on here. Uh, mm-hmm. I just had a quick glance at it. I mean, there's some classic lines. When asked to expand on the policy by the Chronicle with no clear blueprint <coughs> published for a number of years, Bruce said, surely you know. Uh, you just you have just seen the policy with the statement, haven't you? And Christ, did he not know what the policy was? How we? We all knew what the policy was. We know what's been going on, for goodness sake. So that's that, if anything, is the, is the enlightening part of it. It's also the stupidity of it all. So, and, and, you know what? It's, it's, it's frustrating that for two years, people telling them, you know, what will happen to them, telling them how the football club is really run, how they really operate, and he's ignored it. Is it his overconfidence? Is it his? Is it his just just his way? No, it's the way that all these managers are, the dinosaur managers who think they can run the club from top to bottom. You know that that those days have long gone. You know this is not running like a Sunday league team where you're in charge of everything and you take the washing home and you do that or you dictate who does the washing. It's not like that anymore. And and I think that. Um, this is this will have been a massive eye opener the last week for Steve Bruce. Yep, I would agree. Uh, Junior Turner, uh, good evening. He says, Keith, do you think Steve will walk before a takeover happens? I'm definitely not going anywhere, Junior. Mate. Don't worry <laughs> about that. He'll have to be quick if he does. There's more Bruce singing Junior's song than there is of him walking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's right. Um, but it's, cra- it's a crap. It is a great song. I, it's a cracking question, Junior. And thanks for the message you sent us today. Um, I think that uh, Bruce won't walk. I think Steve Bissy got right on the knuckle. You'll know he, he won't walk out of this job. He's walked out all the rest. But to me, he's lived on borrowed time for two years. He's not been the right fella for this job from the off and um, you'll get found out uh, very soon I think um, and I think you'll get pushed I don't think I don't think you'll get a chance to walk if, if you if you're mirroring that to the takeover question I think a takeover I think I think you know that there is there is activity going on now at the club on the takeover and I think some you know I think people will buy this club I'm, I'm very confident in that yeah, um, I'm not sure about Billy's question yeah he says what connects the following Klein Kensit Rollins Palmer and Steve Bruce. I'm sure we'll have an answer, Billy. Um, they're all stuck in the Pat- 80s, maybe? I don't know. Pat- Patsy. Patsy. Patsy, they're all Patsy. Patsy. Yeah, well, the Patsy Klein, Patsy Kenzie, Patsy Roland, Patsy Palmer. <laughs> Very good. Well done, Mitch. Well done. Good one, Billy. Good one, Billy. <laughs> Billy's after a, I'm sure Billy's after a regular slot on this. Uh, oh, he is, like. Mitch, what about, what about you then, um, Steve Bruce? Well, let's, let's put some flesh on the bones of this. Um, yeah. I've been doing a little little bit of digging this today. Funny enough, um, two sources, one inside the club and one very close to the club, um, came with very similar information using similar phrases and words. Um, Bruce was convinced Chowdhury was coming. Um, Bruce didn't find out that the club had cancelled the medical and cancelled the transport until after he'd been briefing the press that the deal was still possible. Apparently, he confronted Charlie. Um, and the result of that conversation was when he took himself off to Portugal for a couple of days. The club didn't know if he was coming back. There was no communication between club and manager 
during that time when he walked out to Charlie's office and took himself to Portugal. He was only in Portugal for a couple of days. Um, but since his return, they've had a number of meetings. Um, and apparently Bruce has returned to the training ground and confided in the playing staff that he believes he has three games left. And that they've already written off the Man United game. So that basically makes it Leeds and Watford to save his job. And apparently the playing staff have now have a degree of sympathy for the manager because they're seeing how much he's been hung out to dry. Like everybody inside the club's been walking around with their heads up the arse for the last three years. You know what's coming. We all knew what was coming. They've, they've, they've hung the manager so far out to dry, you know, he must be desiccated. And the, the thing is... The way he's behaved, because he's behaved as a patsy for the manager, for the owner rather, and he's just tugged the fall up and gone along with it, that sympathy won't extend to the fan base. Not one little bit. He's not helped himself in the way he's behaved. So for him then to have to go and answer questions on this situation, I think that explains a lot of the answers and the non-answers he was given today, because he just doesn't want to talk about it. I think we're, we're, we're probably one or two games away from a press conference like that one he gave. Was it towards the end of his time at Hull, where he literally just sat there and stayed? Um, I think we've got something like that on the way. Um, I don't think his time at Newcastle United is long. Uh, but then that then begs the question, what do we do? Is it him and the two other Steves are out and Graham Jones is in charge? Is Graham Jones a manager or is he better as a number two? Um, because it seems to be he's a coach that's well-liked and well-loved by a lot of people within the game and every single player that seems to work with him. The feedback on Jones from the England camp was the one to keep him on involved in some way, shape or form. So is he now going to be thrust into the role of manager just because it's the cheapest option? And Bruce has obviously made his decision. And that decision is... I don't have the balls to walk. If you have the balls to go in and face Charlie and, and, and then run off the portal in the hoof to lick your wounds, why don't you have the balls to walk, Steve? Because that's, you know, at the end of the day, you haven't got what you want. You've been hung out to dry. Uh, anybody with a modicum, modicum of, of uh, pride in themselves and their job would just say, oh, sod this for a game of soldiers. I've, I've had two and a half years of stick. I've done everything they wanted us to. I've taken the flack for them. And F you, because I would. Yeah. Um, Darren Cowan asking, Keith, whether you would bring Lampard in with Terry as number two. I mean, I've seen plenty of people talking about this on uh, on social media this week. And some people would love to see maybe a Lampard come to Newcastle and uh, be given an opportunity. Um, you know, John Terry linked as a manager, which I don't think would work at all, and quite rightly, you know, poo poo by a lot of people. But what's your take on that, Keith? If uh, you know, if we went for something completely, you know, left field like that, I'd rather have Harry, Harry Lampard's wife than stay Bruce. So, like asking yeah. me a question, asking me a question like that's never gonna. He's <laughs> a you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't take him despite. I mean, I know it's a different league altogether, but Gerald's done well in Scotland. No, yeah. Just, yeah. It, but see, see, the whole thing is, 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 I'm, I, you know, I remain convinced that there's proper activity going on, um, and that the club will get bought in in the not too distant future, and the people have their own ideas, and I think what the club are hoping to do is retain Bruce long enough to get that deal thrown over the line, and then once he he comes in, I mean, anybody 
with, with a modicum of, of, of football in them is going to is going to look for somebody to invigorate the place and somebody who's proactive and who's genuinely got ideas. I mean, there's been too many photographs. They're not done by chance. There's too many photographs shot where penalties are being decided and all the players in the huddle and people are talking tactics. And he's just out of it. He stood out of it. So he just seems out of touch with what's going on. And it seems as though his methodology of coaching or managing is, 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 is an older school than what's needed at the minute. So if that's the case, um, I think the club are trying to... Well, I, I, I think the club, if he's gone to Portugal without their knowledge, he'll just say, well, if he doesn't come back, we'll put Jones in charge. But I don't see the club rushing in a big name like Lampard or Gerrard, you know, weeks before a purchase. That's, what I, you know, that's my personal opinion. I think the club will, will soldier through with what they've got. And I think anybody buying the club now has got long enough in the season to rescue whatever mess is made at the start of the season, even though them's famous last words. Um, I just think that Steve Bruce... In fairness, everyone I talk to, I spoke to two people this week, and know well, says it is a crack and blow, and he might be, but he's not a crack and manager. You know, he's not a he's not a good manager for Newcastle United. And and all I want to see is get get out of the danger period. I want to see is you know get the mid table while all this donkey shit's going on. But he's not going to get his mid table. Doesn't matter what you do. And so looking at other managers to come in to replace him is hopeful. And I don't think it's what happens pre-takeover. I think I think that's what happens when a takeover comes. Because I, I don't think, Steve, to be fair, I don't think young Lampard is going to take a job based on the fact that it could be sold at any time. Yeah, Steve, Mark Byers says three games to save his job. Three games takes us just past September the 29th, which is interesting. I mean, again, yeah. it could just be a coincidence. Nick DeMarco has been posting more bizarre tweets with zebra patterns in and, and all that this week. Um, you know... It, you know, there is momentum, I guess, growing on people's behalf, but I'm not buying into it. But Steve Bruce, I mean, if he has got three games to go, who's going to come in and replace him? Would you go for Martinez, who's worked with Graham Jones before? Eddie Howe's been thrown into the mix again by people, but, you know, who who is going to come in? And I still say people would come in short term if a takeover was, was still in the offing, you know, whether it be three weeks or three months or, you know, three years, you're going to get somebody who will come and take the job. Yeah, of course there is. There's always somebody who'll take somebody else's job. That's a known fact. That's 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 football for you. You know, there's because there are many people out there, <coughs> excuse me, employed and unemployed, who th always think they can do better jobs than somebody else. That's the that's the whole thing, and that's the ego of football. Now, when it comes down to who those people are, we could speculate. The cows come home because all those three names that you've mentioned. I think they've been they've been mentioned since the day Bruce got the job. Perfectly honest, you know, um, Eddie Howe since the day he walked out of, of Brighton, the Brighton manager since last season when he started to do really well. <coughs> Martinez because of the connection with Graham Jones, um, and so it goes on, and so it goes on. <laughs> Who it's going to be? I think the. the you can you can imagine if the takeover doesn't happen, then you've got to remember that then it's going to be in the hands of Ashley. And what sort of person will Ashley go for? Because it's just going to be a stand-in, as you say. Ashley is just treading water till he gets rid of the club. <coughs> Doubt very much he'll talk to potential people that, that that he's trying to sell it to and say, "Well, who do you think I should get?" Because his his bullish nature is, well, you know, I'll 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 appoint who I like, and it's going to be their problem. So that's mm -hmm. that's the way I think he would approach it. Um, <coughs> you look at it, you look at it from another perspective, and you think. If somebody comes in and they've got big hopes for the football club and they've got big plans and they're going to do something 
would those three names that were mentioned there even come up anywhere near the radar? Yeah, you know, yeah. there must be dozens and dozens of other people with um, success rates way, way beyond those three people that have been mm. mentioned. You know, um, <clears throat> as football fans, do we want to see um, a manager who has basically managed to get someone promoted into the Premiership? Do we want to see someone who has had the finest squad of players that Belgium has seen in the last 50 years um, and hasn't managed to get them um, anywhere near winning a trophy um, because he hasn't, because they didn't win anything, they haven't got the final, haven't done much. Um, do, we want a, do we want a manager who looks like he's doing something and maybe he's won a few trophies in Sweden um, or somewhere like that and then has come and has basically got a club with a bit of money behind them who are treading water in the Premier League. <clears throat> and to some people are probably one of the favourites to go down, certainly in the bottom six when it comes to the end of the season. So for me, it's it's we can it's like it's like speculating about the takeover, speculating about the manager, speculating about new managers, speculating about new owners. Um I'll I'll get me I'll get me book out and I'll just go through a list of people. I'll probably pick my mate Paul, he, he would do better than any of those names that have been mentioned, to be perfectly honest, you know? Yeah. I'll put Keith Patterson as his number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mitch, I mean, you know, it's a bit premature. You know, Bruce is still there. I don't think Bruce will walk because of the compensation yeah. that he's entitled to. And I can't see Mike Ashley pulling the trigger unless he has to. Um, I, I, think, well, I, think Bruce, I think Bruce has got a lot longer than three games, but I'm not doubting your... your person who's told you this at all um you know these things that, that we've heard from you in the past have always been fairly on the money um I, you know but i just find it surprising it'll be interesting to see who comes in who, who would you expect to come in then if um if that well, does happen in the next three games the, the three games thing made me yes prick up because it was said it was by two different people yeah exactly the same phrase you know um and uh in terms of somebody coming in, it's who, who if, if Ashley's still the owner and we've still got the status quo we have, who in the right mind would come and work for it? I, I think it would only have to be um, somebody desperate, somebody on the way down, looking for a last chance, um, or somebody promoted from within, and Jones. And I think we'd probably end up with Jones. In terms of will he last longer than three games, my understanding is he agreed to a compensation package in January during the middle of that horrendous uh, twenty game run, and that that agreement still stands. So, uh, a compensation package is already sitting there on the table for him if if they decide to pull the trigger. So, despite how badly, I, I, did, despite how badly he did when he was a stand-in, you know, when he when he did, I, Luton, I mean, he was horrendous at Luton. Uh, and, yeah, he and, was. You know, I, I, and, I, and that he, that's what makes me worry. I don't. I think he's a fantastic number two. I think he's a fantastic coach. There's no doubt about that. The amount of good things people in the games talk about him. But is he a, is he a manager? And I'm, I, I genuinely don't know. Because the statistics yeah. at his time at Luton would suggest not. And I know Robert Lee's son's not got um, many good words to say about that particular time at Luton either. No. So it makes, no. It makes you worry. 
No, you're right there. Um, as we've only got an hour and a half tonight, we do have a lot of uh, a lot of things, as always, to cram in, and, and, and slightly more because obviously we put a request out last week uh, for uh, the day I met. We were uh, basically deluged with us. Um, I've got enough really to last for the full season, uh, but we'll show a couple tonight. Uh, here it is: the day I met. Okay, a big thank you once again, everybody who sent them in. I'm going to start just with a couple of uh, regulars on NUFC Matters uh, who we didn't get on last week, who you know were kind enough to send us a couple of pictures. Steve Wilkinson, of course, who you'll all know from the Retro Show, uh, shared this one with us, uh, which was uh, which is fantastic. Uh, so John and Steve at the 1998 FA Cup final, um, great great photo of that, and uh, remember that day well and. Then we've got this one, um, and again, I remember this well because I was actually there. I took Pavel uh, to the BBC Radio Newcastle studios, and uh, Steve was a, a regular uh, back in the day on the fans panel, the fans forum, as they used to call it, where they would get Newcastle and Sunderland fans in on an alternate basis. And uh, Steve Wilkinson hit lucky because Pavel went in to talk about his book, Pavel is a Journey, which we brought out uh, at Mojo Rising Publishing a few years ago. And... Um, a couple of days later, Pavel was back in his home country and, uh, you know, sadly collapsed and then passed away a few days later. But that's a great photo. And that is the original T-shirt um, that Pavel's friend has on there. Uh, Pavel is a Geordie T-shirt that Lee Clark actually gave him in the uh, 1990s. I think that photograph, Steve, was taken on the same day as we did the book launch, wasn't it? In the Irish it was. That was, the, yeah. that was the, the night of the book launch as well. Um, it was. It was a great it night. Was. A very great night. Uh, George Mitchell, uh, of course, father of Mitch, uh, has also contributed a couple of photos for this segment this week. Um, you know, George always likes to do things special. And it's not a Newcastle player. <laughs> it's the Queen. Is that where George met Steve Acey? So this is George meeting Steve. No, this is George not meeting me, no. Queen, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II. Stand up, Mr. Patterson. It's the Queen. Come on now. Uh, but... Uh, to, to round it off nicely, he did send us another picture of him meeting the king. Oh, fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Kevin brilliant. Keegan. So, uh, George, thank you for sharing those photographs. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. And uh, there was a little story attached to that one, which uh, meant that Mitch, I think, missed out on missing Kevin on that particular day. Is that right, Mitch? I, but I can't remember it myself. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. To be fair. Yeah, but great, great photos as always. Thanks for sending them in, George. Um, and we have got the, one more. Oh, yeah, this one from Steve Wilkinson as well. Uh, after a charity event he did uh, for Sir Bobby Robson, uh, there's that one of him and Sir Bobby. It's a great collection there, Steve Wilkinson, by the way. And last, but by no means least, uh, thank you to Ryan Million, who says, this is me a long time ago. And that wow. is... Uh, David Ginola there but uh, what an absolutely brilliant photo that is so keep keep them coming in send them to me at Twitter and uh, it's at Steve Wraith the address is below uh, my name down there and uh, just ping them over to me and we'll try and get them on we'll get through a few more next week thanks very much (laughs) 
Yeah, just right, quickly say, Steve, that go when, for it, you're, when you're talking about uh, meeting people at, at, at the event on Saturday that you held in, at the live theatre, I met some great fans, some great people, um, had some great conversation. It was one one particular chap who was actually called Steve as well. I just want to just want to say what when you go to an event like that and you meet a guy like Steve and his son, and we're talking about. 1974 Cup Finals and 1976 Cup Finals. We're talking about Sutomac, who we're going to hear talking on the stage. And it brings back all these memories of when you were young. And and it, it's it's superb. Anyone who hasn't been to any of your events, especially when you do the events with, with past players from bygone age, like when Malcolm's there or, or the entertainers, it really does focus your mind and takes you back into those days. So I just want to say it, it was absolutely brilliant to meet Steve and Nick um, and to just hear his stories, his his what what he could remember of the 74 final and uh, the Brendan Foster running around the pitch beforehand and all that. And I think it was a great start to the evening because then Malcolm comes on and talks about the cup final and stuff like that. So it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And so thanks to Steve for your company and everybody else who I met that night. Yeah, thanks, Steve. It was a great night. Uh, everybody had a fantastic time. Great, great. Just a, a nice, relaxing way to get back into the swing of things. And um, got a few more coming up. Uh, whilst we're talking about that, uh, obviously in the next few weeks, I know a lot of you have already bought uh, tickets for it. And um, we have the evening, of course, with uh, Gavin Peacock uh, coming up at the Irish Centre, 29th of October. Uh, tickets £15, newcastlelegends.com. Just click on shop to buy your tickets for that event. And uh, the Christmas party, we've uh, done over 100 tickets for that in here to the food bank. Uh, tickets for that in the shop on newcastlelegends.com as well. And uh, we are also at the Irish Centre going to do an evening with Peter Beardsley, uh, which we will announce now. Um, tickets are on sale. Uh, you can get them from the shop on newcastlelegends.com. And uh, that's uh, another great event down at the Irish Centre, an evening with Peter Beardsley. And I know Peter's a big fan of the show. Uh, also, a big shout out to the sponsors. Spider VPN, Google Spider VPN. And uh, they come up at the top of your Google search list for all your internet security. They are the boys to trust. Skipsandbins.com as well, another main sponsor who've been with us for a few months. Telephone 0800 Inquiries at skipsandbins.com is the email. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. LNG Family Funeral Directors are still with us as well this month. 01913897245. And Darren Baldwin Funerals. Uh, telephone 1914 That is the last day they are with us. So big thank you to Darren again for his annual sponsorship, uh, which he uh, does once a year. And qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables and walls in Newcastle. Big thank you to you as always, mate. He is in the chat. And to John at Jab Signature for making all of our flyers. If you want to subscribe to the channel, click on newcastlelegends.com and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share your social media, drop into the comments to uh, speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also on your podcast providers, iTunes and Spotify and others. If you missed the show live, don't forget tomorrow, Fans Food Bank Match Day Bucket, Newcastle's Fans Food Bank Bucket is up on uh, that website, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. You can drop in some money uh, virtually uh, and that helps support the food bank 
and you go into the raffle for the watch, which will be drawn at the pool competition uh, when uh, QTech finally get that uh, around to that. John is then uh, almost back on his feet, which is uh, which is great news. He's making a, a fantastic recovery. So uh, yes, that's got all of that out of the way. Let's look uh, ahead, I guess, to the, the game tomorrow, lads. What are you expecting, Keith, at Manchester United? Cricket score. I'm expecting to get butchered. <laughs> Um, I was I was talking to uh, one of our ex-players the other day, and he, he said to me, he said, um, he said, it was Peter Beasley, he said to us that uh, he thought, and I really respect his opinion, he, he talks a lot of sense, he said that he thought that um, after a, a, an international week, when, when, you know, Man United players are, are present, and very few of ours are, and then them coming back, he said, he, he was still confident that we'd get a result of some kind. And I was talking to Mitch, because made him come on first tonight uh, before we went up. And he said, you know, we're daft enough to do that. But I said to Peter and to Mitch, I just don't think it's open hell. I mean, personally, uh, I'd take 3-0 now. Like, I will, like, honestly. Ronaldo. <laughs> I just think, I just think them and the players, you know what I mean? The players have got. And I, I just think, you know, it'd be kind of stuff dreams are made of, but... I just don't think we've got the squad, the coaching or the mentality to, to do anything against Man United. And I honestly see it being like a like a five nil, five one kind of kind of spectacle. And I just you know, I, everywhere I think of it, I just cannot see us getting anything out of it. But I, I pray we do. And it will just make your weekend. Uh, but I just, you know, I just think myself, like, I, I wouldn't want Ronaldo chasing me with a knife, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's just, he's just like, you know what I mean? The bloke's exceptional. He's one of the best players in the world. And, like, Man United are on fire as well. And we play in there, and we're never getting out. And, and oh, I just, I, honestly, I just think it's like, it's like, it's like saying you made hell down when getting battered. It's just, it, it, I just, it, it's heartbreaking. But I don't expect anything. I think we'll get butchered. And if it's less than four goals, I think I'll be content. Okay. Steve, I'm going to hand over you for five minutes. As I, as I explained, I've got to go and get my teeth before dead. I go to boxing. So, Steve, I'm going to hand over to Steve H for, for five minutes while I wolf this down. But uh, keep keep on the Man United subject. <laughs> we still need to get the tune tipster and we need to get to uh, Stato. I'll be back. So you're confident then, Keith? Steve, Steve, I've just, I've just had a great thought. If we've got knock half an hour off this show, just didn't ring Joe Walker, just didn't let him on because well, he, yeah, like, was... sermon, like his pre-speech, is usually about twenty minutes. So I mean, that would sort it out. He'll <laughs> not be that bothered because he's, he's not really good at the I'll live. Make I'll make a note of that. I'll make a note of that. He'll be making a note of it now. Can you imagine him sat up there, Patterson, I'm going to get it. Just if I had control of the board, I would be all right. What's your thoughts on tomorrow? I'm thinking of buying a catheter and spending the first thirty minutes catheterizing myself because I think because I think I think I think it would be more it would be more comfortable than watching that game of football. I've got a feeling we're absolutely in for a right royal scudding. I can't see anything else. But when I was talking talking to Keith before, it, it, it it's right. You know, we do. Do stupid things. We were talking in the retro show through the week about uh, Willie McFall getting sacked, and right, right about two weeks before he got got the sack, we managed to win at Liverpool, just out of nowhere. It was like sort of the 
the most daft thing we'd done that season. Yeah, but we, is that... That we, did, we did exactly the same after the Hereford defeat where we went to Old Trafford. But, but the, the problem for me is, one, do I think that's very likely? No. Two, if you listen to the way Bruce was talking about the game and, the, you know, the approach of the side and the approach of the manager to this, the way he was talking about this game, you'd think he was, he was talking about Dulwich Ham, Hamlet going to Anfield in the third round of the FA Cup. You're not, you, you, you wouldn't think he was talking about two premiership teams playing against each other. He talks the... He talked Mania up. He talks us down like we're some sort of tiny little nothing club. Um, and, and so if that's the mentality you're starting with in the dressing room, come on, lads, give it a go. Here's our best shot. There's nothing to lose. And they're, they're big and they've got Ronaldo and they've got this and they've got that. I'm sorry, that's that's just going with a white flag. Exactly. You know, it, it, and, and that's... That's nothing new. We've had this. Know, if, if you just turn, if, if you went on there, because bear in mind the players are going to watch what he says. Went on there and he says, "Listen, you play Newcastle tomorrow. There's eleven people go on that pitch. My men are up for it, and there's one thing certain: there's any 50-50 balls, I'll be disappointed if we don't win it. So if Ronaldo's coming on, I think he's going to get a brace through this game. He's going to find eleven men doing that, and we're going to kick everything that moves. And you think, you think, well, I love that, I love that. But you go on there, and he, he talks, he talks ordinary players into world beaters. He never once says. You know, I wouldn't like to think I was going on the 50-50 one of our players. I wouldn't like to think I was head set up to say the kind of game Wilson's going to give them. You know, and, and let's see how the defenders cope with Alan Simaxon. Maybe tell him, you know, it might be him who puts a showcase on rather than Ronaldo. They might all go to say the Ronaldo show. They might say the Alan Simaxon show. Where's that at? Where's his confidence? Where's his good feeling, his belief? Because all I say is a man who's hanging on for a few more wages. That's all I say. You know, I just say a bloke who's going through the motions and it, it pisses you off. It just annoys you that 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 that, that we as fans know no in for a hiding, but the manager is, is convinced is we're gonna get a bigger hiding. And that's where that's where my lack of confidence comes from. He's they're going down that, like a team that's gonna get beat. That that was actually my, my biggest problem with the press conference. More so than the other stuff he was talking about, because by lunch, by lunchtime today, I had most of the information I was talking about before. Yeah. So I'm seeing this press conference and seeing the write-up on it and listening to his comments, and it was more for me about, um, you know, trudging into Old Trafford already defeated, and and that really, really pisses me off. And I didn't, like know, you... I, I didn't know you had that miss. You you said when we come on early, you said. Two people right. give you the same information. I didn't know what you were going to say after that. I didn't know what you were going to say because you, you right. know, this week you haven't like thrown it around the team. Sometimes we do it on WhatsApp, a bit crap. But I'd had exactly right. the same three games start with the Man United that he's been given from the club. But but it, I, the source I've got it from is very credible. So I think what you've got is right. But it doesn't sound like the club just before a takeover or, or you're in the realms of doing a takeover. It's not the kind of thing you want to do. Is but who knows? Who knows how our, how our club right now is going to do anything? We're, we're, we're the most dysfunctional thing since the invention of the triangular-shaped wheel. It's just impossible. We're just absolutely and utterly dysfunctional. We're, it, we're, there's not a semblance of a proper football club there. It, 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 and that's the problem. So who knows what they're going to do? I mean, what's Charlie doing, sitting raking in his bonus, playing bridge? You know... It, where is his interaction and in, in, input here, other than to basically tell 
Bruce, sorry, we've, we've cancelled the medical in the helicopter. Uh, you're not getting anything. Bye-bye. Are you coming back from Portugal? No reply. Where's the leadership there? You know, and that statement, whoever penned that statement, basically was, like we discussed last week, an absolute slap down to the manager. And what a stupid way to go on, having a manager briefing one thing and the club briefing something totally different. And that's all come out in the wash this week. That That's exactly what it was. And now he's had an absolute kick in the groin and been told, you know, put up or shut up. Um, and, he, and he's obviously gone away, had a couple of days to think about it and decided, well, I'm going to stick it out. And, you know, and so now we've got somebody who, you question his commitment to the cause tomorrow, and, and as ever, shit rolls downhill and you've got to wonder what's going on in the dressing room. If the dressing room are suddenly feeling sorry for the manager, bearing in mind that was a dressing room that was prop- properly split over the manager in the middle of last season, when you had the two camps that were were, were basically John Joe Shelby's pro-Bruce camp and, and uh, uh, Matt Ritchie's, you know, get this guy out of here camp. Can you, it's can ridiculous. You, can you stay with now for four good fucking do the dozen of the plate? You can Aye. hear that. You can hear all the, He's nearly knocking the pot off the plate. You can hear him scrambling that down. Guys, there's some interesting comments there. There's, like, there's a comment from Kirk there. It says, you can remember every time we won, Keegan would uh, always say something to put the fear of God into the next opponents after the match. Uh, that is how um, early Kev would work on confidence. And then you've got... Another comment there, going back to boxing, if tomorrow's game was a boxing match, would it be stopped at half-time, possibly earlier? Um, interesting points. I mean, some, there's Darren. Uh, Bruce will play 10-0-0 uh, as a formation and have 1% of the play. That's, that was going to bring me on to, to the fact that, um, obviously, he announced that the, the injury that was uh, picked up by, um, by Wilson um, is a little bit more severe than we thought, and so he's out the game for tomorrow. Yeah, um, yeah. Almiron should be back apparently. He's been the the, the yeah, that happened now. Um, <clears throat> although you wouldn't be surprised if there was another another sort of um, sort of article come over the hill that, that that FIFA then throw throw around, and we'd be that we'd be the unfortunate ones that would would end up with the only the only team that couldn't play our uh, allegedly exempt player. Um, but Wilson, big miss, big miss, Keith. He is, and, and, and you know, like you've got to be a realist in all this. Um, the the outlet, you know, if you, if you can get a ball played through, the likes of Max and people like that, you can slip a ball through. But the likes of Wilson can latch on, get you a goal, and upset the outlet card, even if it's only for a, a percentage of the game. But when you take him out, you know, I was just thinking there earlier, who would you put in? Who would you put in instead of Wilson? And, and, and you, you start thinking of people like Dwight Gale. He's not interested. He doesn't give a shit about, you know, getting goals at Man United. I don't care what you say. I've known people can argue and say, all pros, you know, a professional. And all. That lad's heart hasn't been in Newcastle for two years. And, 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 you know, like, we haven't got a replacement for Wilson. That's why we hope we could oh. sign one. You know, we hope we could sign one um, on loan, but there's, there's just nobody in that squad. You know, there's nobody at all that you're going to put on, and you're going to say, "Well, you know, this, this is this is this is the lad who's going to get us some goals today." Because I just don't know what the forward line will be. You know, like Almeida might come back, say maximum. What are they going to do against Man United? You know, what I, mean? I say we've got, our hope is gone tomorrow. I'll say maximum doing doing some magic and getting a goal out of nothing. That's our hope. Uh, maybe it's Murphy or somebody like that doing something, but but you know, 
a long range shot from Longstaff if they play him. But I tell you what, you know, like like I tell you what, you could just imagine all the fitness. Imagine if you've had all the players back, you'd probably bang Shelby and Hendrick in the middle against Man United. But it, it's 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 frightening. No, it's frightening. And I, I'm not joking. I mean, I love my club, but I wish I wish I'll take three 0 tomorrow now. And some, I've just read what Kirk's just said on there. He says Ronaldo will come on that pitch. He'll come on to his last game. He'll absolutely, he'll he'll, he'll, he'll put a show on. And I, I just honestly, I'll be like, shoot like three pots in this like. Exactly, Mitch. I think uh, it would be fair to say that uh, Bruce Charnley and Ashley were probably the only three t- people on Tyneside that uh, didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. An injury, uh, an injury to Wilson it, and West Nugad. It's such a good job. We've got the, the plethora of striking options that the manager told we had two weeks ago, which again just you know stood out as one of the most bizarre statements for a manager with a with a. A depleted squad to actually try and convince himself that he had five striking options. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for a top flight club. <laughs> you, could, you could see the way he was being treated in the last game that Wilson's injury was not a good one. He was probably carrying it going into that game. And uh, they probably thought, oh, well, we might get this game out of him, then we can rest him for the international break, and then let's see what he's like for Man U. Well, that's backfired. Well done, everyone. But your dad's, um, just, your dad's just said on there, Mitch, your dad's just said, Keith, we're off at Rondon, and we said no. I mean, honestly. I, we did. What a, what a no-brainer. What a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, and, the lad, and the lad wanted to come. The lad wanted to be here. Yeah, and he's going to make his debut tomorrow more than likely for, for Everton. Or Absolutely. Absolutely. If there was one man in football you'd have took on a, on a whatever deal to, to back up Wilson, and we said if Wilson gets injured, we're not at lo and behold, Wilson's injured. And if it was Rondon, you'd just say, well, you know, let's give our own best. But, but it's just it beggars belief. Beggars yeah. belief. Who, who are we going to, who's going to line up tomorrow? What we're saying, Steve, is if. Um, we're going to hear your knife and fork going for you. I know, I was laughing. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to hear the cutlery getting some jip on that plate. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you're a canny pouch or something. Uh, <laughs> we didn't hear you licking the plate, you're all right. <laughs> I, I tell you, I was going to come in, he's going to be burping like that when he gets on there. He's <laughs> it's a classic, it's a classic. Crap, um, oh, back, back, back to you, Steve. No, great stuff. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks for jumping in. Okay, look, I, he- I heard most of it, lads, uh, in between uh, eating me tea. But yeah, look, I, 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 I personally think it's it's exactly the same. I think it's a hiding or nothing tomorrow. Um, you know, you, you often look for daft, uh, you know, daft bets, etc. But let's uh, listen to what um, let's listen to what Toon Stato has got to say first, and then go with uh, our our Toon Tipster, and it gives you more of a flavour for tomorrow's game. Hello guys, on Saturday Newcastle will go out for their game number 1000 in the Premier League. The balance so far is slightly negative, 369 wins, 375 losses and 255 draws. At Old Trafford in particular, we all know that our performances have been abysmal in the past 25-26 years, actually more than that. Only 11 out of 78 points in the Premier League. Only one win back in 2013 with that Yohan Kabai goal. 
and uh, all in all not uh, not much to to remember but still funnily enough in five of the past eight games Newcastle took the lead at Old Trafford and also in the last four games both teams scored so at least we can expect an entertaining game it's a debut for Man United for a guy called Ronaldo back in 2008 he scored his first ever hat-trick in professional football and believe it or not his only hat-trick for Manchester United since then he is the record holder in professional football with 57 hat-tricks so who knows what can we expect on Saturday yeah, it's doom and gloom as we thought. Um, you can't really put a positive twist on it. And uh, the only the only hat trick Ronaldo scored man was against Newcastle, wasn't it? So uh, thousandth game though, and uh, those stats are, are rather damning. But I heard what you said earlier on, lads, about you know those rare games. And I mean, we've seen it in the past. Mirandina, you know, getting that goal in front of the cup and. Newcastle beating Liverpool, Newcastle beating Man United, of course, after Hereford. It's, it, you know, could history repeat itself and uh, and Joe Linton get the winner at uh, Old Trafford and spoil the party? Well, let's find out uh, from our good friend, uh, Joe Walker, who is, of course, Team Tipster. Afternoon all, Toon Tipster here, back on the bench. I found out by accident that the show had been moved forward this week and seems as though I'm the only one on this bloody channel who does any work. I couldn't make the game. I'm pleased actually. After Q-Tech revealed my physique to the world this week, I couldn't risk crashing the network with fans and fans and fans asking for more, more, more. I'm a bit worried about where he got the picture from, like. I knew there was something I didn't like about him the first time I met him. I've noticed that old Keith's made a bid for the T-shirt. Mind you, with his money, I thought he'd treble that. I feel about as wanted as Newcastle United's transfer budget at the minute. So, onto a game I couldn't be looking forward to any less. And that's despite the return of an absolute legend of the game. Yep, it's going to be absolutely wonderful to see Jeff Hendrick back on the park. So, Man United away. Here we go. Are you ready, Mitch? Manchester United, 2-11 to win the game. The draw is 13-2. And if you're fancying the absolute impossible, prices don't get much higher than 14-1 after three games of a season. There is one dreamer in our ranks, Mr Wraith. Or is it Miss Stewart? Or is he the Gallagher Pigeon? Or whoever else he's supposed to be this week. Fancied 1-0 with Joe Linton to get the winner. 120 to 1 for you, my mate. Good luck. The only sense I've had out of anyone this week on Twitter was from my mate Andre. He told me that there's a likelihood that both teams will score in this fixture. And if you fancy that, you can get 
evens. He also said that in five of the last eight games at Old Trafford, Newcastle actually took the lead. If you think that's going to happen, you can get four to one. On to the money makers then. If you fancy over 2.5 goals in the game, you can get four to nine. Manchester United 3 0, 7 1. 3 1, 11 1. 5 0, 20 1. And 8 0, Mitch, 150 1. Newcastle to sneak at 1 0 at 40 1. And if you think we can get a one all draw, you can get on to 14 1. On to the main man then, who, who, who Sky have been talking about constantly this week, um, Mr. Ronaldo. For him to score any time in the game, you can get 4 to 11. And if you fancy the hat trick, you can get 9 to 2. Apparently, he's only ever scored one before in the Premier League. And yet, you can guess who that was against. You've got to go down as far as 13 to 5 for Callum Wilson to appear on, on the goal scorer's sheets. Very, very doubtful that he'll be playing if he hasn't been ruled out already. And I absolutely hate betting against Newcastle. But Bruno Fernandes is 15 to 4 to score two goals or more in the fixture. On to the food bank. Wilson would have been 13 to 5, as I've said, Mr. Hasty. However, if he doesn't start, I've covered it with ASM to score for Newcastle at 11 to 2. And in terms of the tune tickle, absolutely no luck in the international week. But as I say, I haven't got a clue. Um, so this week, I've looked at the fixtures and I've put a cheeky fiver on every game in the Premier League this weekend to have over 1.5 goals in it. And if you fancy that, for something to do, 10 to 1. Anyway, don't chase your losses. And remember, everybody... If you need any quality snooker or pool equipment, Sports Direct will be open this weekend. Love yous. Tara. <laughs> Big thanks to Joe and to Andre, as always, for their regular segments. And uh, as uh, Joe says, please bet responsibly. Don't chase your losses. Uh, OK, less than half an hour to go. Uh, we have, obviously, some regular sections to get through. Uh, let's make Keith Patterson laugh. <laughs> also known as uh, put Steve Hasty on the screen uh, in numerous uh, in numerous photographs. Okay, the first one is uh, somebody sent this in. Um, I'm pretty sure Mitch has seen it. Like, but uh, somebody said that looks like Mitch. <laughs> it's pretty good that. Like, actually, I don't know what on earth it's supposed to be. Um, I did put this one on uh, Twitter actually the other day, but uh, just. It was a puddle which actually looked like Alfred Hitchcock caused a little bit of a, a titter on uh, on, on Twitter. So uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's not not quite a lookalike, but lookalike puddle. But yeah, it did look like Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, uh, this one was from uh, Tim. Uh, lookalike Brian Turner, nice guy. Our Liam. Can you see that similarity? Like it's not the most complimentary photo of Liam, by the way. Liam looks like Bobby Ball. <laughs> 
Yeah, look, he does look like uh, Bobby Ball, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the most complimentary photo, but I can see where you're coming from. Um, and Colin sent us this one. <laughs> now, that's somebody from the Hair Bear Bunch, isn't it, if I remember that's rightly? Right, yeah. Banana Split, isn't it? Banana, banana Split. Mm. Ah, that's right. Banana, well, could, yeah, Banana Split. Yeah, both, the same, both roughly the same time. But yeah, that was, that was quite a good one, Colin. Thank you for that. Uh, this one was good. Um, Keith Patterson and is that the is that the buddy out of Thunderbirds? <laughs> yes. I'll play them a buddy. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is good. Um, this was a belt I sent in uh, from somebody who uh, seen me advertising me Freddie Foreman book and said that Joe Walker looks like Freddie Foreman. Uh, so that's Ronnie Clay and Freddie Foreman that uh, Joe looks like. Yeah, I can criminal. see the similarities there. Yeah, criminal, exactly criminal. Uh, this one was sent in by Rocky Toon um, after seeing uh, Lewis Hamilton dressed. Uh, in a rather funny pair of uh, shoes, he, he, yeah. he tended to see, he does look like a little bit like Kogo the Clown there with those boots on, etc. And the coat, so yeah, a strange photograph, but uh, thank you for that. Uh, this one was from Wayne Bennett. He says, <laughs> Not sure if this has already been done, uh, but here is Steve Hasty and uh, yeah, Robbie Savage. <laughs> It always, it always depends on the angle that they, they get a photo of you, Steve, really, I guess. Uh, this one was from Paul Gray. He says, Toon, look alike, Steve, after your white suit admission tonight, it was good to see you, obviously, with hair. George, H.G. Mitchell, and Hasty supporting Billy Ocean in concert. I've just seen it on MTV. <laughs> Again, brilliant, Paul. Uh, you, you, you've obviously gone into a hell of a lot of detail. Like, you must have been pausing the TV. Um, Andrew Harbert says, uh, here's Keith Patterson hosting the Crystal Maze. Come on, Patters, look Ashley in one of the lock Ashley in one of the games and play us a tune on the harmonica. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Andrew. Um, these two I'm sure have circulated before. Um I, yeah, I've seen that one definitely before, and that one as well. I think it's the same person um who yeah. was picked out, but yeah, Cheggers, Cheggers is definitely uh, definitely a, a dead ringer, I think. Now this one was interesting because Steve Hasty mentioned this earlier on. Um, and this was submitted actually by Nick. Um, there you go, Steve. That's the that's the man. The two Steve's. The two Steve's. So this is Steve, who you were talking to at the Time Theatre last night. Nick submitted it as a lookalike. He's dad. <laughs> Which one's supposed to look? Brilliant. Like? <laughs> Absolutely superb. That yeah. Thank you for that, Nick. Um, Toon Barmy sent us this one. Sent this a while ago. Not sure if you uh, showed it, but look, it's it's a Rafa and extra really Scrooge. Yeah, very good. I didn't. I, I, I must have missed that one, mate. But that is a really good one. That so. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, for chucking that one in. Um, this one from Kenny Ranson, David oh. Hay, and Yedlin. Yeah, I can see Pretty that. Good yeah. hairdo. Yeah, similar hairdo. Yeah. Um, okay, into the uh, into the nitty gritty. Um, we've got this one. Uh, Look alike, Steve Hasty says, Mister Anderson, what? Marley's ghost. <laughs> 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 Marley's ghost, I think, is brilliant. Yeah, it's up there. Um, well, I had this one from Tim. Emmy Lou Harris. This one uh, from PG Lily Savage. I think people just want him to have a heart laughing. I think that's what it is. But the winner. Uh, categorical. Uh, this is the mate. This has got to be the winner, lads. It was absolutely superb. 
uh, from Make It Transparent. Well, you're not wearing this, Steve. It looks like you're to blame for the Taliban insurgents too. That's me. Uh, straight ahead. Wow. That's I pretty good. It is a rigger, that mate. It is. Fantastic. Aye, the brilliant. Honestly, fantastic. They get better and better, though. It's very difficult to uh, to, to pick winners out in, in some cases, but that was definitely the winner. Uh, thank you very much to everybody. Keep sending to me, to Keith, to Steve Hasty, or to Mitch uh, on Twitter. To uh, yeah, to look alike. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, some absolute ballers, and the people do just like to make uh, laugh. Okay, Steve, we're going to go to Tweet of the Week now, mate, which is yeah. your segment, and uh, we've picked out some absolute ballers this week. Okay, Twitter of the Week, where we uh, tend to scroll through and uh, find some uh, classics, and uh, the first one comes in from somebody we all know quite well. That's classic. This is brilliant. You know what? I reckon I could do the next Fab Four in my budgie smugglers in a Barbie crop top with blue hair, pissed out my skull, and face covered in powder like Al Pacino in The Godfather, and still fly under the NUFC Twitter radar at the moment. You probably could have. So true. So true. <laughs> and, the reply, and the reply from the marks was this. Something like this, Mitch. That <laughs> <laughs> <It> was great. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. Been a hell of a week for uh, poor Kate Stewart on uh, on Twitter, but uh, she's took it all in good spirits, luckily, and uh, we've got her back. She's a, she's a nice lass and uh, didn't deserve any of that this week. Uh, okay, uh, this one, uh, Steve? Yeah, Alexi, the Man United fan, Red Army 99. Ronaldo's 136 goals off breaking Rooney's record, and it wouldn't be surprised me if he broke it against Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something about Newcastle United, uh, Newcastle United timeline when things are going badly. It's brilliant. Uh, I love this one from Lee Girdlestone. He went, new shirt idea. Um, is it Kate Stewart? And then, obviously, the person flicks it round and it's a photo of Steve Wraith. I thought it was very good, Lee. Yes, judging by the uh, the accusations that have been levelled at me this week of, of pretending to be a woman. Uh, it never, It's never a dull moment on Twitter. This one, Steve. Yes, I've got no problem with Steve Bruce going on holiday three games into the season. It's the fact he's come back. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and this one. Yeah, this was from Mac at NUFC. People thinking that a mank referee will be the reason we lose against Man United this weekend. As if we would have stood a chance, even with Robson Green Robbery and Anton Decker's linesman. Linesman. <laughs> yes, it's Anthony Taylor, isn't it? That well-known, that well-known Manchester United fan from Altrincham. You know. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, I, I did like this one. Somebody tagged me in this one. Premier League reply with a flag, and we respond with a Premier League defender from that country. And then the scoreboard chipped in with, here's a flag for you, you corrupt bastards. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. They set, them, they set themselves up for that. Uh, this one, Steve. Yes, Ryan Fraser has injured. Other breaking news. Exchange that for Callum Wilson now as well, by the way. So, um, you, know, you, can, you can, you know... 
50. I you, mean, can use I, you can use either. I'll have the same desired effect. Yeah. I love this one from Andy. Uh, when even the magpies have given up hope and now we see a magpie smoking 10 regal king size. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and this one, a uh, political one. We do tend to dip into politics every now and then. Prince Philip Albert. Uh, Siri, show me pictures of villains from the 1970s Doctor Who programme. <laughs> and there's our favourite Tories walking along the street. That can't be Sun Steve, is it? it yeah, is. Um, yeah, that's, that's dear me. Young Reese Mogg, that's the way he dresses him, you know. Uh, oh my God! And that is that is really yeah. That's this is where we're heading, isn't it? Um, I did like did like this from Nick Clark as well. Um, funny yeah. it it put. We've got a pair of Premier League tickets for NUFC versus Leeds up for grabs on Friday the seventeenth of September. To enter, retweet this post and follow at fun eight eight eng. Nick Clark went second prize, two free pairs of tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Twitter has been funny this week. Uh, it really has. Uh, I love this one, Steve. Uh, this yeah. was uh, this was very simple play on words. What next? Depeche Mode uh, to clamp down on smoking at bus stops after the headline reads, New Order to Curb Street Drinking. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got a couple more. Uh, not that one. We've got that one. Replying to Tom. <coughs> it almost seems like a minor point, but I'm glad it's been pointed out. St. James's Park desperately needs a makeover and some TLC. The place literally smells of grime. There's been a dead pigeon in the Gallagher rafters for five years. <laughs> now, this, now, this is something we talked about last week. Now, uh, you know, since then, there's now a, a Twitter account appeared, um, <laughs> the Gallagher Pigeon. Um, we then saw something today on Twitter, uh, which has confirmed that the Gallagher Pigeon, pictured here, um, is not the only one. There is actually one in the Leezers. So expect probably a Leezers Twitter pigeon at some point. But yeah, the dead pigeon. It seems to be a debate, this. Um, it, it, five years, potentially, that that, pi that pigeon carcass has been there. Um, I mean, it, it beggars belief that the ground has been let go to rot and ruin anyway. But to, to go to rot, uh, rot and ruin, you know, for that length of time, uh, absolutely crazy. Uh, Magpies uh, sent us this. Anything to do with you in a previous life? The wrath of God? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, I categorically say that that has absolutely nothing to do with me. And this one, um, oh yes, this was a this was a tweet which didn't have a photograph, but he hasn't got any photographs of him with Newcastle United fans, David Billy Gibson. Uh, so he says, sorry, no photo, I've only got a story. I was walking up the stairs out of Legends and Steve Watson was walking down them. I said, hey Steve, he replied, hey man, and that was that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Thanks, thanks, Billy. Uh, great stuff. Tweet of the week, though, is this one, Steve. Yes, Newcastle hit its heat map with 445. Sam Chipperfield is this week's tweet of the week, and uh, I don't I think anybody will disagree. That is probably how the heat map will it certainly need, look. Doesn't need explained. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> No time for action replays this week, unfortunately, um, but uh, we will be going back to that uh, a little bit later on in the uh, in the in the season, I guess. Uh, we have got prizes for it. Tune action replay uh, are going to get 
winner's prize of £100 or a gift card. So if you send your goals in to us at nufcmatters.com, uh, preferably as MP4s, you recreating a former Newcastle United goal or a current player's goal, whatever you want to do, uh, but there's a £100 or a gift voucher up for grabs. So video your goal. Uh, could be you doing the Philip Albert goal against Man United or attempting Shearer's volley against Everton or Peter Beardsley's dribbling goal against Manchester City. Whatever you want to do, send it in and uh, the best goal of the season will win £100. So uh, get your uh, get your entries in. And Troll of the Week, Julie. I would never miss that out, even though I'm only doing 90 minutes today. But here you go. And Carlos Andrew, uh, who didn't bother copying his in, says, I'll call it straight down the middle. Steve Wraith's been using the takeover agenda and controversy purely to promote himself. And people blindly follow him like sheep. He's nothing but a parasite in my eyes. Thanks, Carlos Andrew. But tag us in next time, mate. I do enjoy reading things like that. T-shirt uh, is on my Twitter account and it has been won by Kenny Ranson. £20 he bid and no other takers. So, Kenny, you have won the T-shirt. Uh, I have copied you in on a tweet to Steve Hasty. He will notify you how to pay the food bank. And John from QTech uh, will be in touch uh, for your address to post you the T-shirt. But well done, Kenny. Uh, I know you've bid for virtually every single T-shirt over the course of the last uh, year. And uh, it's nice to see that you've actually been successful in getting one. And uh, just want to give a, a quick shout out to the lads at Loaded who are trying to hit a 1,000 uh, subscribers. Uh, Loaded Mag, subscribe at YouTube.com. Uh, Loaded HQ, just search for the lads. We've had some great shows on there. We've all been on there, I think, at some point now as well off here. So uh, got a good relationship with them, as as you know. And they often uh, step in as well uh, if I need a holiday, the likes of Daz. Uh, and, of course, we've got Pete and Chris Hall as well who come onto the show to do the five-minute rant. So uh, a big shout-out to the guys. Um, OK, we've only got about 12 minutes left, but we've done all of our uh, regular uh, slots. The, the four-keeper thing, a lot of people are asking about that, Keith. I mean... We had no option, did we, really? Darlow's now back in training, starting to look a little bit better than he, he did, by all accounts, according to Steve Bruce. Um, but we didn't really have much choice, did we, as far as that was concerned? I think the only yeah. thing that really knocked me about the, the squad announcement was that we named Callum Wilson twice. I mean, God. Right. I mean, best not talk about that, but as far as the goalies go, um, I was surprised when they named the young'un, the, 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 the youngest one. I thought... The, the news we've had on Dubravka sounds more positive than when we last spoke about him. Um, I'm hearing that, that he'll recover. Um, Good. And, and, and so that's got to be a massive positive, you know, just for the lad's personal health and his family, but also for the, for the, for the team's chances of staying up. But if you've got Woodman there and you've got, you know, you've got Dubravka on his way back, um, I, I think Woodman will play in the morning, but... You've got two keepers in there, and I think I think naming four, I don't, I, I, you know, I can see why they've done it, but I just don't see, you know, I don't, I don't see how our number two is on his way back, our number one is making progress, and we've got Woodman in there, so I'm, I'm a bit surprised at the four, but but then but then I wasn't surprised because it was it was rumored for so long. Um, I think you could put all four of them in tomorrow. I think we'll still get paid. Um, Obviously, you're going to have four goalies in there tomorrow. Ronaldo will still get a trick. So, 
I, I was hoping the squad was going to be filled with a couple of loan signings. You know, I, I hope we were going to get somebody, you know, from Chelsea and maybe Rondon. Uh, but it ain't happening. You know what I mean? We just we just got to make do what we've got. And and when you look at it, I don't suppose them four goalies are keeping any superstars out. You know, that, that's the question I've got asked. Somebody said to me, he said, if you don't name the four key, you only name three. Tell us who you're going to put in rather than the fourth goalie. This is our fair comment. So I think it was fair to company. I don't think you're going to do anything with it. But, um, and I think that, I think long enough, I mean, Woodman's only played three games for Newcastle. And that's going to face him on United today tomorrow. I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant? You had an absolute blinder, you know, and, and, and did something, kept them out, and we scratched the draw or something. But you, you, you've just got to be realistic. You know, you've got to be realistic. Uh, and, and so, no, uh, you know, I think I think that was always going to happen. But the question is, who was going to replace the fourth person? We didn't put that goal in. I don't think there was anybody. Yeah, Steve Hasty. I mean, four four goalkeepers, as I say, we didn't really have an option, mate. Uh, you're on mute, by the way. Um, but yeah, we didn't really we didn't really have an option, mate. Did we? We had to put them in. No, we had no option at all. I mean, he obviously, he obviously knows that that Bravka's his number one choice. He'd be desperate for to get Bravka back. Um, even if it's in December um, or the end of November, whatever, that's that's his that's his hope, that's his wish. He's you know we've got big games coming up there. Well, every game's a big game, but it's right. You look at the squad and you and you look at the at, at what's been left out. You think well, there's been nobody being left out, nobody of quality um, that you would you would have said. You now there's no. It's not like you've got players that that should that, that would have qualified for the squad that you've just. Sidelined, you know. There's no no controversy there. There's no Savier who you know they didn't they never named. Um, then you go back to to a couple of years ago when they did the same with uh, the lad from Sunderland that we had who went went to Nottingham Forest on loan. Um, for Callback. Yeah, Callback. That's right. Um, couldn't remember his name there. It shows you, shows you what he meant. <laughs> um, there's no nothing like that. There's nothing controversial. Somebody's literally been, you know, cast the four winds and said, "Well, you're, you're not really going to be here. We don't want you or anything like that." Um, because the the squad's threadbare um, in terms of quality. Um, what happens now, of course, is that you know certain people in that squad have got to have got to start raising their game. It's as simple as that. Certain defenders have got to start raising their game. The team has got to start molding itself very, very quickly into a team. Um, <clears throat> Got to show they've got to show the supporters what they can do. Um, they can't ride on the coat strings of of the manager and the angst that we've got towards him. It's time for the players to stand up and be counted. They've been named in the squad, are picking up money, are picking up a wage, and now let's see what they can do for themselves between now and January. Um, because if there is a takeover, some of those players will be playing um, for a, for a place um, in the squad from January. You know, and some of them might be in for a massive, massive shock if it happens. So, yeah, definitely, Mitch. Um, yeah, four keepers in the squad. Look, we've all we've all agreed, really, haven't we? It's uh, it was a necessity. Um, and you know, Wilson, Will, two two Wilsons, just not being able to fill paperwork in. It, it, you know, it, it's unacceptable at a club of our size. It's typically, Newcastle United at the moment. This is the shambles that we are. I mean, had had. A couple of players coming on loan, there would have been a decision to make. Do you leave Gillespie out and then hope that Darlow and Dubravka are back reasonably soon and then rely on young Dan Langley as cover, which is sort of big weight on a young young keeper's shoulders? Um, or do you say to Dubravka and Darlow, 
the one who has the longest recovery times out the squad till January, and that's it. No discussions with players. Players shouldn't have an input into that. It should be a hard decision. But you're right, in essence, we're not leaving anybody out that um, is, is deserving of a squad number and would be a superstar. So that's the frustrating thing. And what it also means tomorrow, they're already talking about bringing a young 18-year-old down with a squad and, and what they're going to do, put them on, hang them out to dry. You know, it... It, 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 but it shows the the threadbare nature of that squad and the gamble that Ashley and Charlie are taking by not allowing a couple of players to come in on board. Um, which again goes back to the, where we started the show about that whole debacle in the statement made uh, and then the press conference today. Well, it it's it you want to see something which is a a perfect example of how shoddy everything our club does is that squad announcement. Two Callum Wilsons, four goalkeepers, and a partridge in a bloody pear tree. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> we, want, we want to add the, the total mismanagement. Um, let, let's also talk about the fact that when season tickets get sent out, and you've never, never, oh, sorry, not season tickets, but match day tickets get sent out for an away game. And uh, it, it, what happened to you, Steve, where it, it, it gets, despite not asking for it, it gets sent to totally the wrong place? Crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, to be to be in a position where I, I was in a friends and family group ten years ago, and then ultimately we end up, you know, with that ticket going to somebody who I've not spoken to for ten years. Absolutely bizarre. Um, and more or less, then saying it's my, my it's my fault. Then when I go into the back of my account to realise that the only friends and family group I'm in is with my dad and my brother, um, so it is their mistake. Then they try to retract the email. Um, you know, the nuts and bolts of it was that the guy who I know. Is a trustworthy guy. Obviously, I used to go to the game with him and he's posted me ticket back. They got it back. They hadn't checked and it was actually at the club. He says, oh, well, we'll post it out now. And I went, no, leave it there. I'll come and collect it. So I went up and got it. And, but yeah, it's just, look, I, I feel sorry for the staff. I don't want to have a pop at the staff. Um, you know, it's 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 just unfortunate, you know. And some of the photos that were, they were doing the rounds on Twitter last week after our show, um, you know, showing the, the complete disrepair of bars, um, the lack of stock in fridges. People had, people had actually taken photographs. Um, I think I think a journalist. And I mean, where you know people say we're journalists, we're not. We're just four you know four lads who talk about football on a podcast. Um, we've highlighted it. It's up to somebody like Lee Ryder or or, or you know maybe it's Liam or whatever to do an article about the state of repair. I know Gabby Logan had challenged um, challenged it and said it's a disgrace um, last week after fans had started bombarding her with it, but. Does need to be addressed. Um, there's no, there's no excuse for, for letting the club die like that. Um, you know, and you know, if it's if it's nearly sold, that again is not an excuse. You should still be looking after those customers who are coming in. They've got a, they've got a right, um, they've got a right to be treated properly, like we said last week. Yeah, when you hollow out a club in the way that they have done over the last 13, 14 years, when you run it in the chimneys that they operate, where the decisions get made at the very top, and everybody then then has to fall in line. What it tends to happen is that people who want to make decisions on certain things don't. They, they step back from that. They step away yeah. from, from a decision-making process because of fear. because Or because they go, you know what, it's not my responsibility anymore. Because we've been told, report it up the line, report it up the line. And if there's nobody that who it's supposed to be reporting up the line is doing anything about it, nothing ever happens. And that's it, that's the way that Newcastle we've talked about for years. That's the way Newcastle mm -hmm. Been operating, um, and that's what's been highlighted to them. Um, and if you, if if it, if the message ever gets to the very top, 
things do get done. You know, we saw that at, at, at fans forum meetings when, you know, <clears> a <throat> point would be made to Lee Charnley about something. He'd go, I had no idea. I'll look into that. And within a yeah. few days, it was rectified. But it's not even getting that far now. And whether it's because it's the hollowed out shell with nobody there and nobody willing to take responsibility or whether their eyes off the ball or whether they're concentrating on other aspects of running a football club that really have nothing to do with the, the customer service, I, I'm not too sure, but uh, it's a shambles, quite frankly. It is, and uh, unfortunately, we've reached the end of the show. As I say, I've got to head off to Durham now for a pro boxing deal, but I know you guys enjoy doing a live, so um, it is uh, it is just just really to keep everybody happy out there. And over 350 watching tonight, even at that time, is is fantastic. So thanks for your support. Cheers, uh, the next the next live yeah. show is uh, with me and Mick Lowe's on Sunday morning when we will be doing a post-mortem, I would gather, on uh, Newcastle United's uh, game against Man United. That's 11 o'clock Sunday morning. Um, Amadou will Trafford tomorrow, so uh, we will be putting out the evening with Tony Bellew from a couple of years ago. <coughs> cracking, uh, cracking show that was, by the way, and um, for, you know, a good one for you boxing fans out there. I will leave you with uh, John's clue. Uh, John, last week, gave you that clue. Uh, you collect all the clues over four weeks and uh, you put them all together and then there'll be a question. And this is for uh, a whole host of... Uh, well, no, this is for two tickets for the Tottenham Hotspur game. Um, so, 126 career goals was the first one. Uh, tonight's clue is this. Roland. So, write that clue down, uh, the answer to that clue down. Roland. Keep that for next week and we'll give you the third question then. Great stuff. As always, Keith, Steve Hasty, Mitch, great to join you, lads, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Take care, lads. Cheers. Cheers. Take care.